Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the Daily Fantasy action, where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey, everyone. Andy here. Uh, just before we get into today's episode, uh, I'm just inserting this little disclaimer to say that we recorded this, James and I, on Tuesday night uh, before the uh, shit hit the proverbial fan. So we don't get into uh, everything that's happened with the Rangers statement, uh, the firing of uh, JD and Jeff Gorton. And we were going to insert a a little tag along to this episode, but we said this is too important and needs to be covered in long form. So that episode will drop Monday with all of our thoughts and our analysis of what just in the hell is going on, why this happened uh, and how does this affect the Rangers moving forward? Uh, So yes, we are aware that now as of recording this, of course this happens right after uh, we sit down to record our episode, but can't be helped. So enjoy this episode where we break down just everything with Tom Wilson, our reactions to the, uh, the lack of, action from the department of player safety and next weekend we will be sure to cover just the absolute calamity going on around the new york rangers right now enjoy the episode bye This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 43. 
as Andy and I are back to discuss the biggest news in the NHL that happened. Well, it happened last night, but it really didn't become uh, national news today. So, um, Andy, I know we are both working pretty much, you know, 15 to 17 hour days. That's not even including travel. Uh, I'm upstate. I was on a farm all day today, just basically uh, in and out of uh, uh, shooting. And, you know, it, it just was an exhausting day and Twitter certainly didn't help. Uh, but first, I got to ask you, how are you doing? You know, I, like you said, uh, very tired. Also, I just finished recording uh, a roundtable with some of my fellow hosts here on the Hockey Podcast Network for the Mass Mutual East Division. We broke down just kind of our feelings on the teams in the East this year, how their seasons went, uh, previewed some playoff matchups, and obviously we spoke about the elephant in the room. That is the Tom Wilson uh, debacle, uh, as we're also going to get into this. So again, I tried to conserve my energy because, A, you know, it's like I tried to have an actual discourse with uh, people that viewed the situation differently than I did on that one, just to kind of get all sides and also get at the bottom of it. But now that I'm safe in, I'm in a safe, safe place in a safe space on this podcast, I can unequivocally say, you know, fuck Tom Wilson and uh, the fact that he only got a $5,000 fine for the hit on Buchnevich and absolutely nothing for slamming Panarin's head to the ice is a fucking joke. And yeah, I mean, I'm lost for words and I don't know who to, to put more of the blame on him or the, the fact that this league is a, is a you know, fucking joke and they have to do absolutely nothing to protect their players. And they wonder why their stars don't like sh- want to show personality or carry water for them or be involved with their things is because they literally at the end of the day, they, I don't know if they think it's a privilege to be in the league. <laughs> you know, they say, they always say they do, but at the same way, they don't seem to love it the way the NBA, NBA players love being in the NBA or, you know, NFL players like love being in the NFL just because I think they I don't know I just don't think they they really feel that their best interests are looked after whether that's financially or their health long term especially everything with COVID and the protocols and everything the you know just just everything that's gone on the last two seasons so I just yeah just I I said you even told me that like you made jokes about like I think I texted you earlier and I was like I have a good feeling like they're gonna throw the book at him and now I look like an idiot and you were like oh Andy you naive little idiot like they're not gonna do anything if anything they're gonna you know you you said they were gonna like yeah well it was a safe bet it was a safe bet and you know for me to look back at that those text messages that we sent back and forth this morning you know it's not like I I knew something it was just well, how does the league usually handle this stuff? Oh, they botch it. Okay. Well, show me evidence where they, you know, you thought they were going to, you know, start to improve. They just, every situation they find themselves in with discipline, they seem to just swing and miss. And, and I think this one was a little bit different because I don't, I don't think it was, it wasn't a, you know, if it was a player that was new to this, you know, disciplinary system, um, who hasn't been suspended, I could almost see how like the $5,000 fine would be a part of like a suspension, like maybe three games. And that would be laughable. Like three games would be like, okay. And, you know, you got to look at the event and what happened. It wasn't just you know, a BS hit on Buchnevich. It was the fact that he took, 
one of the best players in the NHL, grabbed him by the hair and like slew foot body slammed him down to the ice. Um, and that's just not, that's not like a, a New York Ranger versus, you know, a Washington capital problem. That's like a player on player. Like that's a, that's like, a, a, I don't even know how to describe it. That's like intent to injure. And that's exactly what the league is trying to, you know, take away. Like they, they make such a, a big fuss over, you know, elbows to the face. And sometimes those I know aren't so black and white. Like there's, there's, they're moving at incredible speeds. People are changing lanes at the last second and, you know, body parts are just flying around. But this was like clear intent uh, to do harm. And it put Panarin in a really vulnerable position. And, you know, I, I point out to the, the Panarin hit because I just feel like he, you know, like the fact that he didn't have a helmet on and if his head like cracked the ice, like you're not looking at like a concussion, you're looking at something that could potentially like seriously injure him, like to a permanent status. Um, and you know, that's just not okay. And for the NHL to sit there and say $5,000, like didn't, weren't like the, the criteria, like if does this player have a history? Was this player, was it intentional? Uh, could it have been avoided? Like, weren't like, show me where in the criteria that if that, if like they were like, okay, well, this matches up, this matches up, this matches up, and these three crimes equal a five thousand dollar fine. Like five thousand dollars, like that. That's like that's laughable. That's like nothing. It literally is nothing. And like, Andy, I, I like if you can answer this question for me, because now I'm fired up. Like this is the first time I've got to speak about this and get it off my chest. But you know, can you talk me into a situation where I'm wrong? Like my, my feelings on this situation isn't justified. Well, again, uh, you're definitely asking the wrong guy because I feel the same <laughs> way you do. And, and that's the thing is that it's like, even some of the, and I, I spoke about this a bit on the round table that, a lot of this is that when the for a guy who repeatedly finds himself in these situations or plays a certain way, let let's let's even just call it that, just out of the maybe just out of the illusion of of fairness, right? That Wilson is a guy who constantly finds himself on the in these situations that are either borderline or questionable or dirty or gray area or whatever. the The biggest thing is that because he a never get the punishment he gets never fits the crime like he gets what he got seven games for that hit on not carlo right but the earlier this season or was that earlier this season he got seven games for was that carlo it, there the was hit? an event seven games i i couldn't name you the specific event but he got suspended earlier this season yes yeah and with that it was kind of, it wasn't this it wasn't like between the after the whistles like total control of your faculties like, if you suspect, that's the thing, is that they keep, like, messing up and not just, the punishment never fits the crime with him. So when he gets suspended seven great games, it's on a, a late, it's on, a, like, a late hit, which is kind of a gray area, where I understand what you're trying to do, but when you're not consistent, all that does is that he now goes, this is bullshit, like, I was just trying to finish my check, and you give me seven games. And then, like stuff like this happens and he doesn't get anything and it almost gasses him up. He was, fl he was flexing in the, in the box after doing it. He knew exactly what he was doing. Like, absolutely. He's, it's just, and further, the more this stuff happens, like 
it hasn't reached Matt Cook territory where literally the Penguins and Mario Lemieux have to sit him down and be like, you active, like you think you're helping us because you've wrapped yourself in this like uber, like the world's most dangerous pest persona, but it actually hurts us because we're always shorthanded and you're going to hurt someone and you get taken out of the lineup and then we can't play you. It's hasn't reached there yet, but you see the way it's there now. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing is that you see the way that Caps fans and social media and their beat writers and obviously the coaching staff and their organizations, they like because now they have this thing where they feel it's like, oh, every time he touches Breeze, it's a witch hunt for Tom Wilson. So we got to we got to protect this guy. And they they rally around him and it just gasses Tom Wilson up more because meanwhile, the league never does anything. So that obviously makes the rest of the hockey pundits and fandom louder. Like, why aren't you doing anything? This guy's a menace, whatever. Whereas where the league just said, you know what? I don't care if it was incidental or not. You hit this guy in the head and we're trying to outlaw this. And sorry, like this is going to be automatic for, for anything that involved with the head. Like it's this many games. And then they might not like it, but at the same time they'll be like, good. And it's like no longer becomes about Tom Wilson skirting the law or tom wilson can't keep getting away with this and it like kind of addresses it but again instead they just kind of arbitrarily in the regular season where they feel like oh well we won't piss them off too bad because the regular season they're still a good team which shouldn't have any bearing on it and they're just like all right we'll just give him seven games and now he's incensed because he was actually trying to, maybe that was one of the plays he was actually just trying to be on the line or try to be right just finish his check do what he was taught in hockey school or just growing up and now it like I said, it almost galvanizes him to be more of that like thing you hate because he feels like he is maligned unfairly and you know whatever he just kind of plays up the plays the role of the villain and it's just it's just yeah it's just kind of like the the snake eating its own tail it, it's like the 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 more the player safety continues to do fuck all and the more the league doesn't protect its stars and now as of recording this there was a clip where. Obviously, that Penguins uh, Flyers game tonight got chippy. Crosby and Konechny were wrestling, and at some point while they were wrestling, Crosby kind of does the same thing. He takes Konechny's head and attempts to like kind of drive it towards the ice while they're wrestling, and it doesn't well, look as loud. severe. There, that, that that serves nothing. That's well, not yeah, even, you can't even talk about it because clearly, when the NHL would review a situation like that, there's nothing really to look at. Yeah, and that's the thing is like it's a little different because a it's going on behind the play they're wrestling. And it happens, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if it's one of those things where if like it was one of those things where like, well, it looks like he's trying to take his head and drive it to the ice, you know, and there's obviously a difference between getting a guy in headlock and trying to do like a take takeover, you know, as opposed to like literally what Wilson did and try to slew foot a guy and slam his head, the back of his head on the ice, like a basketball, like that's not what Crosby did. But yeah, it's just is until they especially just making head contact no matter what it is more of a thing i think that this will continue to go on well and again it's we create a situation where like wilson supporters just feel like they just get so tired of every time something happens with their boy that like they almost feel like they have to rally around him and then beat the drum the other way you know which is like doesn't serve anyone doesn't really serve them because eventually tom wilson will accidentally end someone's career or hurt something and then either he's done as an nhl player and they don't have him anymore and he can't take that back i don't think i don't if you ask me is he a sociopath i don't think he's a sociopath i think he's a guy who's just kind of too wrapped up in his own role you know marshand a few times you know has gone over the edge although in a different way because he's not a physical freak like tom wilson he's licking people but yeah just that happens so 
but it was bullshit that absolutely nothing has come of it. And it's, it was further bullshit that, you know, player safety continues to be a joke. But well, I uh, that's do... what I want to ask you. I wanted to ask you about yeah. the player safety because I have my opinion about them. And, and, you know, I wanted to ask you, like, why, why are they so incompetent? Like, how come they drop the ball every time? Like, it's not 50% of the time. It's almost every time there's always controversy with the, you know, suspension or the fine. It's either way too aggressive or not enough. It just, it, whenever they have a problem, the, you know, um, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. And, you know, in this situation, like where would the benefit of not suspending him be like, okay, the capitals are in the playoffs. They're playing, they're playing, you know, a hockey to essentially seed themselves into a situation where it really just doesn't matter at this point. Like I, I really honestly, truly think the seeding with these four teams doesn't truly matter. Um, I know home ice advantage would be huge, but I, I don't know, given the fact that like, I, I would imagine there's limited capacity within these buildings still. I don't really know about that, but um, I would say like, is home ice really worth it? Like the NHL had an opportunity just to suspend them for the rest of the regular season at minimum at minimum. And like, it would have been such an easy thing to do. It would have been the right thing to do. Um, and I still think like people would like kind of scoff at that punishment, but you know, why didn't they do it? Like, what is your best guess? Like they're sitting in the, in the room discussing this, you know, I, I would hope, you know, uh, um, getting, you know, opinions from, you know, different people around the league, including the disciplinary board, you know, why would they come up with this conclusion? Well, one of the biggest things, especially with it being headed by Paros, where the whole idea where in the past has been people like Shanahan, who is obviously he wasn't he he could actually play. He wasn't like an enforcer like Paros was. But at the same time, he wasn't he wasn't shy about uh, fighting and hitting and all those type of the physicality surrounding the NHL. But there's this there's this prevalent idea that it's like we need the, the, these player safety needs to be, have a strong presence or be spearheaded by someone who has played the game and understand. But the problem is, I think these guys can't separate themselves or even if they say they can is like, Oh, like, because it's like, you know, you, it's like who better to catch a criminal or than a criminal. Right. That's what they always say. But right. I don't think it works. Cause I think they think about all these things and I think they take into consideration. Oh, well, Char is 40 whatever years old and this might be his last kick at the can and this the caps this core is old and like I'm not saying for sure I don't I obviously don't know for sure if this is the stuff that goes in through the, these guys heads but I do think there's a part of it I do think they that they think about circumstance or connections to when they play the game or hell even even that type of stuff aside just when they're like in those situations even if they if they if there's someone who has a memory of being in that scrum and being like oh well I you know, understand it's like there was a lot going on, but it's like they tell you to control your stick, even though you're inevitably going to clip someone. And it's not always your fault. Sometimes it ramps up or whatever, but it doesn't matter. It's just the whole point is that you have to do your best to be in control of your actions. And if you can't, you have to pay some consequence. So I do think it would maybe behoove the league to have someone in that spot who is, you know, maybe not honestly, maybe not a hockey person. You know, I as as weird as it is to say, because at the same time, it's like we've been doing this and it hasn't, you know, it wasn't 
it definitely wasn't good, right under Shanahan. Uh, although I do think it's been a little bit worse under Paros, where you know Shanahan had the videos explaining the thought process, and he would go through it. Uh, especially in harder, harder to decipher ones why if it, they knew it would be a controversial decision. But yeah, I just don't think Paros has ever done a good job since he's been in the spot. And it's one listen. It, you're never going to please everyone. That's obviously that's inherent to the job, which sucks. I get it, but. If you were, they were repeatedly like, if it was a repeatedly situation, it was like where every time it was either, either too, too many or, or, you know, or they're too, too much or three, too, too less, but they were still getting something. I don't think we'd be in this situation. The practice is just arbitrary, you know, so Tom Wilson gets fined the same amount that Nathan McKinnon got for chucking his bucket at someone's shoulder pads because he was mad at him. Well, five five grand. It's like, funny that you said that. Is uh, someone tweeted? I don't know how true this was, but didn't Henrik Lundqvist get fined five thousand dollars for squirting water in Crosby's face, skating yes. white to the bench? So that's it, like what essentially <laughs> those yeah. two. And, and 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 that's the thing is that it's like this is there's a lot to blame because I mean there's a lot of moving parts to this obviously to the situation that happened as it went down and the fact that obviously the league is gonna like never going to say they got one wrong, right? The Players Association doesn't do it, doesn't help police themselves. If anything, you'd think that they should be all over it and they should be, you know, like they don't want to pick sides or because they're going to be silent because that, that means they have to go against one of their players, even though it's like at the expense maybe or one of their other members got hurt, but they're silent on all this. And, you know... The funny thing is because, and I this is something else I spoke about. So the further, like as they remain quiet, naturally the narrative shifted. Right, it shifted from, you know, what's it going to be to this is bullshit, and then you saw it everywhere. It's like, well, the Rangers have to street justice time. Right, they have to literally find some mutant in like the East Coast League or the you know, call up Mason Gerritsen or like sign Colton Ordo PTO or you know take a swab you know a swab of Tony Twist's saliva and mix it with Bob Probert's blood and like make a make a super freak in like a, a petri dish right for this game on tomorrow night um I and, know someone that can play <laughs> yeah there you go don't know Tony D'Angelo <laughs> yeah I mean and, listen it'd just be like you got one game you, left that's right. <laughs> Can you imagine it's like Tony? <laughs> we, yeah, we, you, you, we will invite you back to this team, but you, you have to beat, you have to fight, and uh, Tom Wilson, you have to win. But um, yeah, but my, but my, sorry, my whole point with this is saying that it has become the narrative now is that like they won't protect us, so we have to protect ourselves, or we have to take, or you know, they won't help us, so we have to do it ourselves, and in a way. Yes, that's damning on the league, but then then it just kind of reverts the whole talk back to the code and will he answer the bell when challenged and how are the Rangers going to like save face and all this other stuff. And it then it, beco- it almost subsequently becomes less about the fact that the league isn't going to do anything, you know, because let's say let's say the Rangers do call up Mason Gerritsen, right? And let's say he does challenge uh, Wilson to a fight. Let's say they fight. Let's say it goes on 45 seconds. It's rather uneventful. You know, maybe some each guy gets a few cracks in, and they finally gets it brought up, and then everyone taps their sticks, and they're like, "Yeah, the Rangers stood up for themselves. That's right. 
they, they're not going to take this, you know, pushing over. And it's like, yeah, finally Wilson got his comeuppance. But, but at least, you know what? He, he knew he fucked up and he answered the bell. And then it's over. For them, Panarin, it's not over for because he just is out the rest of the season. He's hurt. You know what I mean? Right. Or the next person, Wilson, does this too. And it doesn't solve anything. It just, it becomes... So I was actually happy, because I want to talk about this with you now, is that the Rangers now come out with a statement because apparently they're clearly incensed by the fact that nothing was happening. And also it seems like the narrative is kind of getting away. Well, it's because everyone was like, well, I guess that's it. You know, uh, 5K for for doing, you know, for uh, holding a stick to the back of Buchnevich's neck and, and, and giving rabbit punches and nothing for Panarin. So then they release a statement. Uh, sometime this evening. The New York Rangers, here, statement from the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction of duty by the head of any player safety, George Paris, and believe he is unfit to continue his current role. A lot to unpack here because the Rangers are a notoriously milquetoast organization who, who hates clapping back at people even on Twitter because they just don't want to be classy. And yet now they just put out a statement condemning not only Tom Wilson, but condemning the league condemning George Paros and saying he should be fired for for uh, for for this the summation of judgment he had. What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on the show have been a, a pro Carlton guy for he's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. A lot to unpack. What are your thoughts to this? How do you, how does this make you feel? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton to unpack. Uh, first, I'll I'll talk about the statement, and then I'd like to get into a little bit about the the um, the inevitable Rangers response because I think that's really important. Um, but you know, about the the written response, the official statement from the New York Rangers, I think that is almost a um, you know, that, that was more, they owed that debt to, you know, Panarin. They owed it to Buchnevich. They owed it to, you know, their players to say, hey, as an organization, we can't come out and say all the things that people are saying on Twitter, but we agree with them. We got your back and, you know, we have to fight this our way because they can't fight it the same way, you know, the players can. They just can't. It's just not you know, it's just not realistic for the New York Rangers, you know, front office to come out and, you know, just start tweeting up a, a shit storm about Wilson. And it's just a, it's a bad look. It's a bad optic um, yeah, for the Rangers to do that. So what they do is they put out a statement that it was very direct, very clear. And I think it sent a, 
the message that the New York Rangers organization is not happy. And, um, you know, whether or not they, it's, you know, it, there's, there's no teeth to this bite, but we'll see. Ultimately, I think now it's, you, you, like you said, the response from the NHL, the response from the Rangers organization is only two parts of the three prongs here. Cause now there's got to be a response from the locker room. I was going to ask you at the beginning of this podcast, like, you know, eventually when we got to this point, you know, if you're a player or you're David Quinn, what are you saying to your team? Because I know I have my message and, but I want to hear yours first without any influence from me. Yeah. Well, so when thinking about this, there's definitely a lot of problems. A, you know, traditionally, like I said, this would be time for vigilante justice. We take things in our own hands. So he has to answer the bell. The problem is the Rangers are already decimated by injuries. They mm-hmm. are the youngest team in the league. And the way they are currently constructed is, uh, t- yeah, they're a bunch of skilled yet, I don't want to say soft. I don't think that's right. But they're, they're, a, they, they're skilled players. They're, they're not skilled. And you know, they can be, fi- they can maybe be fight. Buchnevich can be feisty at times, but he's not a fighter. Like Ryan Lindegren's out of the lineup. Uh, he's hurt. Tr- Jacob Troop is hurt. I guess Brendan Smith isn't afraid to drop the gloves, but you know, is is he really going to make a difference? Is he going to fight Tom Wilson? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's the thing. It's not, this team doesn't have, because even if, the, let's say, even if the, let's say Matt, the, the Islanders have a Matt Martin to handle it. Well, let's say he's not in the lineup or he's hurt or whatever. Well, you know, it's not perfect, but Cal Clutterbuck is a tough customer. Uh, they, st- I guess they have Ross Johnson. I don't know if he still even plays for them, but he's just, you know, he's obviously a, a tough guy. And, Pellick and Pollock are both bigger guys, you know what I mean, who I'm sure they could at least chuck if they had to. I'm sure when they were, they're not fighters, but they're not they're not like Zabajad where they like they they just they choose to they're not Switzerland. They don't, just don't engage, you know what I mean? And yeah, listen, it's not fair to it's like the, you know, it's not Kandre Miller's a kid. He's not going to fight. Neither will Lafreniere, neither will Kako. I don't even, you know, Lafreniere might be game, I guess, because he's a gamer, but you know, but Lafreniere, uh, uh, Kako and Miller, no. And they're, again, they're they're teenagers. They get mauled alive by Tom Wilson. So, and that's the thing is that this team doesn't have like, so you, the message would be that, I guess, you know, so then obviously Quinn is going to say, beat him on the scoreboard, but that just means they're going to go out and they're just going to further bully this team and the Rangers, because they're not as big or heavy or strong or, or you know, confident or just all those things are going to eventually wilt, and it's going to be a similar score to what happened last night. That's definitely what's going to happen. I tell you what, though, if I'm managing the New York Rangers and a word gets back to me that Quinn says to them in the locker room, beat them on the scoreboard. Yeah, I agree. You should be fucking fired immediately. I mean, this is realistically, this is, you know, and this is like what I, uh, you know, I tweeted at, you know, Hockey Troll, because obviously, I mean, he's just looking, you know, to troll. Yeah. but, you know, I did respond back because I, I felt like I just kind of had to. And, you know, I was sitting on a farm all day long, so I was bored. Um, you know, if I'm David Quinn, you know, I, I, I walk into that locker room and, and I say, you know, I, I not pull Mika or, or, you know, whoever the captain, obviously Troop is not in the lineup. And, but I kind of pull, you know, Mika aside and, and I say, listen, you guys, I'm going to close the door. Right. I'm going to give you guys as much time as you need 
to figure out how you all want to respond to what happened last night. Whatever you choose to do, you have my full support and, you know, I will, you know, back you guys 100%. This is not an easy situation to be in, given the youth on our team, given the lack of ability to, uh, let's just say, to defend yourself. And it could put a lot of people and a lot of kids in vulnerable positions. And for me to, to slap, you know, Brendan Smith on the butt and say, you know, go have a tilt. I think that's unfair to put him in that position. That's why you all need to sit down in the locker room and, you know, discuss how you want to handle it because something has to be done, but it can't come from me. I'm just a coach. It needs to come from the players. So whatever you need to do, figure it out and, you know, you know, police it yourself. Um, you know, if you, if this is something that you want to come and talk to me prior to the game, I'm all ears. I'm not going to give voice my opinion because, you know, my, my job here is to support you guys uh, and, you know, and, and, you know, put you in the best position to win a hockey game. I can't I can't be the guy that tells you to go out there and fight. Um, you know, that wouldn't be fair. So that's the message I would send to Quinn or if, I, if I'm, I'm Quinn, I'm, I would. I'm firing Quinn and I'm making you the coach tomorrow. Yeah. That's literally the perfect thing to say. And then, you know, and then if, you know, if I'm Mika, you know, I, I sit everybody down and say, like, listen, this sucks, like, without a doubt. I mean, look what they did to, you know, Artemi Panarin, the best fucking left winger in the National Hockey League, you know, and, you know, I, I'm looking, you know, I, I'm expecting nothing from no one. But I honestly think whoever the captain of this hockey team is right now, and, you know, you can point the finger at Mika and he might be the closest one. Then, then Mika's got to fight. And, you know, this situation kind of reminds me, ironically, of the Rangers and Capitals when Brendan Shanahan had to drop the gloves with Brashear. And oh, you know, yeah. I, was, I was at that game. And, you know, it is what it is. And I don't know how the Capitals are going to handle it on their end. You know, I, I, I would assume Ovechkin is not playing. I would assume um, Wilson will be playing. I just, I, this is, uh, it's going to be a tough situation, but ultimately it's up to the locker room. And, you know, that's why, like, even you and I, we may host a New York Rangers podcast, but we're not in the locker room. We don't know how it's truly affecting us as a team. And, you know, we don't know, you know, what, uh, how we want to handle it. And, you know, whatever that locker room feels that they should handle it, obviously we have our opinion, but, you know, uh, I think they're going to do something along those lines as, as sending someone out to fight Wilson, maybe possibly run the goalie and just kind of give cheap shots all night, you know, behind the play slashes and stuff. I would imagine that's how they're going to be ha handling it. But ultimately, you know, that that's how it needs to be handled and addressed. And, you know, it's unfortunate that the league puts these players in these situations because there's no way in hell if I'm, you know, on the board and the head of, you know, the disciplinary committee for the NHL is Wilson playing against the New York Rangers two nights later after trying to, you know, intentionally hurt, uh, you know, one of the best players in the National Hockey League. 
Well, that's very well said. And after our le- discussion in the last podcast, where we spoke about the fact that this way this team is currently constructed is not, you know, they they did what they had to do to get the the high the marquee pieces and the high profile skill talent that you obviously need to win, but at the same time you also need a different element and. It'll be interesting now if this doesn't add more fuel to the fire that they need to add. You know, this might even make them further resolve to go even harder on not not only someone who like can forecheck heavy and play a heavier game or more in your face game, but also can, you know, do those things like fight. Like, yeah, I don't know. You have to wonder, like, now does this because, you know, obviously much has been made about Eichel. And listen, this is more of a pipe dream or just me thinking aloud here. But it's like you have a team like Calgary that's going to blow it up. Do they how do they feel about a Matt Kachuk? Do they want, you know, is he worth what you're gonna, they're going to have to pay him next? Or because I know the Rangers would probably give up a King's ransom for a player like that. Right. So or or but or it's not even if you don't go that high end, like even if you're just like, all right, we need to get like a Barkley Goudreau or, uh, you know, they missed out on Sam Bennett. I'm sure they're kicking themselves now because he's someone who could have would have been perfect for, in that situation for them, you know. But right. um, yeah, just it's like I do think this will strength. This only strengthens their resolve to get more established, like, you know, in your face, bottom six, like difficult to play against players, you know, I mean. Every team did it. You look at what the Maple Leafs did over over the summer, and it seems to at least have worked for them. And it's funny. It's it's because it's one of those things where it's like you look at on paper from a skill perspective, it's usually the players end up being worse. But just for whatever reason, it stabilizes the lineup, and they they all walk t- a little taller. It's like why, you know, Andy Green for the Isles is old as dirt, but you put him in, and he just kind of stabilizes the lineup because he's been around forever and he knows how to play situational hockey. It was kind of the same thing almost with Stahl and, and Girardi for a bit. You're just like, they're objectively not good players, but there is this feeling of like, oh, we're safe because this guy has been around forever. So it's like, everything's okay, you know, which is weird. It's a weird phenomenon, but it happens. So, but yeah, I mean, they're going to try to do what they can. And I'm sure you'll have shifts where the kids are for checking extra hard. And then obviously I'm sure at some point the capitals will get annoyed and maybe start, you know, and that's the problem because it's like, I, I, I'm sure because, you know, the Rangers have some big kids and they're only getting bigger, but at the same time, it's like, I think Washington is one of the heaviest teams in the league and one of the taller teams in the league. You know, they have players like Chara and Wilson and yeah, they have some meat on that team. So, um, can the Rangers do much? Probably not. They're going to try to do what they can. They're going to try to win. But again, I can't see you know, if they want to try to go down the same alley they went down the last game, because even they tried to stick up for themselves and it just still didn't go well, you know? So I don't know if much is going to come from it, unfortunately. Yeah. And, you know, the kind of just put a button, you know, on this podcast and, and, you know, not to beat a dead horse here, but, you know, it ultimately comes down to, um, you know, Rangers finding their identity. And, you know, maybe this is an event that kind of turns this organization and opens their eyes and realizes that there's an element of this team that maybe we're overlooking. And, you know, maybe all this draft capital that we, you know, gained over the last few years and, and the uh, draft luck that we've received and, you know, all these high picks are great and all, but there's still an element that we're kind of ignoring. And if we don't mix in that ingredient, 
you know, early on in this process, you know, is that gonna, you know, is that gonna put us behind the eight ball and, you know, make us a team in which we're easier to play against. And I know I kind of said that the last podcast that, you know, against the New York Islanders, the Rangers look real easy to play against. And, you know, and I know we had a bunch of injuries, but, you know, at the same time, I think that theme still carries on against, you know, the teams like Washington, the Bruins and the Penguins and Islanders that, you know, these are elite teams going for a Stanley Cup and, you want to be difficult to play against. You want to have every element of a good hockey team growing as one as you develop into a contender. And I think the Rangers finally, you know, realized, hopefully, that that element of that grit, that heavy style of play that is not always, you know, you, you, know, you just said it, it's not always pretty and they're not always the best players but it stabilizes the lineup. It stabilizes your team. Um, it gives a sense of confidence for your top players, your star players. And, you know, the Rangers were certainly missing that. And, well, now's, now's a, a great time to address that because you saw what happens when teams, you know, take advantage maybe of the, uh, the current Ranger lineup. $5,000 fucking bullshit. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.